This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. College football season is upon us, and here at Saturday to Sunday, we are ready to get you ready for the entire college football season to help you know what prospects you need to know for the 2022 NFL Draft, for your future Dynasty Rookie Drafts, and your Devi Leagues that are currently ongoing. If you have missed the three previous episodes, we have set the stage with our 2022 quarterback preview and ranking show, followed by our 2022 running back rankings and preview show. And then the last episode was our 2022 tight end rankings and preview show. And to finish out this four-part series to get ready for the start of college football. And again, I think that I consider it a real opening week of college football to be Labor Day weekend. I know a couple games, uh, you know, kicked off prior to Labor Day weekend, just finishing up, you know, over the last day or so. But the real kickoff of college football, in my opinion, is Labor Day weekend. So all four episodes out well in advance of the true opening weekend of college football to have you completely ready. So tonight we're going to be talking about the wide receiver class. And originally I was going to do it after the running backs, but I had a couple guys left to watch because it is a very deep and talented group. And I feel like every single year we keep evaluating these wide receivers and every year I'm blown away about the depth and the quality of the wide receiver class. When, if you listen to a recent episode, Matt Harmon was here on Saturday, Sunday, we talked about how guys are translating and making that jump from Saturday to Sunday at a much higher rate. And people are, I think the NFL teams know schematically how these guys win and they're putting them in positions to succeed right off the bat. And that's why we're seeing receivers translate so quickly into the NFL and have so much immediate success. So when I was watching these guys again, it's another really, really talented group of guys. You know, I don't think it has a Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith type. I don't think it has three guys that are going to go in the top 10. No, I don't believe that. But I think we have at least four to five guys who will probably end up going round one. I think we're talking about, again, probably 15 to 17 guys that have a legitimate shot to go in the top 100. And maybe even as many as 18 to 20 who are deserving of that with some more guys who could still climb their way up into that. We know they don't all end up going there, but in terms of just talent alone. So I think it's a really deep class. I think it's got a bunch of first round caliber prospects that I'm really excited to talk about tonight. So let's kind of dig right in. Remember all of these profiles and rankings can be found at the new Saturday, Sunday premium notebooks that are set to launch next week. You get this. 2022 scouting notebook. It has already 85 detailed scouting reports, 14 tight ends, 18 quarterbacks, 27 running backs, 26 wide receivers, strengths, 
how they win, functional areas, developmental areas or concerning areas, NFL role, NFL projection. The list just keeps going on. Fantasy spin. That's all in the scouting notebook. It's not a stale document. We add to it. We edit it. We update it in real time. We do major updates after the season. We add new more players. So it has 85 guys now. By the time the draft rolls around, we'll have 120 or something or 110 or whatever. Anybody worthwhile that I need to add that's not in it right now will be added either during the season or in the pre-draft months. You also get the rankings notebook, which has all our rankings, draft-eligible rankings, our Devi rankings, our Dynasty rookie rankings, our tiers, and new to this year, as Jeff Abercrombie and I did that four-part series on our overall Dynasty rankings, those Dynasty rankings will be included in the rankings notebook as well. And then also you get the draft projections notebook, which is not until April of 2022, but you get it all for $9.99, guys. It is the best way to support the show. Uh, So again, all of these scouting reports, these rankings that I'm talking about tonight that will be updated and edited over from now until next draft, you know, NFL draft, they start out now. This is my baseline, everything that I just watched. So I'm going to talk wide receivers tonight. Let's kind of jump right into it. And, you know, when we're talking about these wide receivers, I think right at the top, I'd say right now, I kind of have, I would say four guys or so, you know, that I think have a legitimate chance to be round one guys, maybe even more than that. But right now I have four guys in my first tier. And that first tier for me is Garrett Wilson of Ohio State, Chris Olave of Ohio State, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, and John Mechie out of Alabama. That's my tier one. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, John Mechie. So let me talk about those guys and, and kind of go through what it is that I like about those guys. Now, Garrett Wilson, this is a guy I've been talking about on Twitter and we've talked about him here at Saturday, Sunday. Now, you know, he's a guy that we are really impressed with. And the junior from Ohio state, six feet, 186 pounds last year, 700 yards, six touchdowns, 43 catches. When I watch him play, I'll start there before I get into his other stuff. He were, he, to me is a clone of Calvin Ridley when Calvin Ridley was at Alabama. I think he can play on the outside, any position you want. I think he could be a slot guy and be effective at any of them. When you watch him play, yeah, he's only got average size. He could add more to that frame. I'd like to see him be maybe in the low 190s, low to mid 190s. He's got good to very good overall athleticism, burst acceler- and acceleration. To me, he's got great movement skills, footwork, separation quickness, suddenness in and out of his breaks, route running ability, understanding of route concept concepts, and the ability to vary route tempos. He's got great body control with the ability to adjust and extend the passes outside of his frame. He's got great yak ability in the open field. He shows agility and elusiveness. He's got a good length and catch radius, good hands. He can win at all three levels of the football field. To me, I talked about adding a little bit to the frame. I got to see him beat physical press if he's on the outside at the next level. He's not going to be a guy that wins at the catch point with physicality or wins contested catches that way. That's not who Garrett Wilson is. But the separation quickness that he creates, he doesn't need to be able to win with physicality at the catch point. That's not his game. Understand who he is. But he can play the X. He can play the Z. He can play inside in the slot. 
He's going to be effective in any style offense you want to run. To me, he's my wide receiver one in this class. He, to me, is going to be a lock round one pick if all goes well this year as expected. Now, his teammate, Chris Olave, he's number two in my rankings, and he is right there with Garrett Wilson. When I watch Olave play, I thought he was going to come out last year, but the senior out of Ohio State, 6'1", 182 pounds. Last year, he had 50 catches, uh, over 700 yards, and seven touchdowns. To me, he's a starting outside receiver or a slot wide receiver. I think he can be a vertical slot or I think he can play on the outside because his ability to get vertical is one of his calling cards. So when I watch him play, there's a lot to like about his game. I see some Terry McLaurin in his game. So McLaurin is a guy who I absolutely love. And the reason why I see some of that Terry McLaurin is I think McLaurin could win on all three levels of the football field. And I don't think we were aware that he could do that at Ohio State. I think Chris Olave has already shown that he can. So, yeah, he's got average size. He could add to his frame, very similar to his teammate Garrett Wilson. I think he's got very good to great overall athleticism, acceleration, burst, and speed. He can get vertical and create separation down the field, but also on underneath stuff. He's got great separation quickness, releases off the line of scrimmage, and route running. Wins at all three levels of the field like his teammate. Very good to great movement skills, footwork, understanding of route concepts, and the instincts capable of running the full route tree. Good to very good body control, ball skills, and hands with the ability to adjust and extend the passes outside of his frame. The frame, the play strength, physicality, press, contested catches. Those are all areas similar to Garrett Wilson that I think Chris Olave has to work on. And I think those are things that you can say, okay, if you're going to try to find a few flaws, few things that concern you, they're very similar to those two guys. They really are. They're two of the best route runners in this draft class. They're two of the best separators in this draft class. The duo at Ohio State, I think, is the number one and number two wide receivers right now on film in terms of the the way they win and the way the NFL is being played now. These guys are what NFL teams want. They want separators. They want impact players that can play all three different positions, line up all over the football field, do a lot of things, and create separation at the catch point in their routes, game-breaking plays after the catch. That's what these guys offer in Wilson and Olave. Third up in my rankings is Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Now he is a this is a really interesting player because right now, and we don't know if it's going to change this year. Right now, Traylon Burks is very much a projection to the next level, and here's why: the junior out of Arkansas, six three, two hundred twenty four pounds, last year over eight hundred yards and seven touchdowns. Great size and frame, good overall athleticism, movement skills, bursts, and speed for a man his size. Great play strength, physicality, toughness, contact balance, and finishing ability. He uses that physicality and toughness during the routes at the catch point to create additional space. And then most often to be a monster in terms of yards after the catch, breaking tackles and picking up additional yards. He's got very good body control, length, and catch radius with the ability to high point and adjust to the football to win contested catches. He's not a he's not a blazer. He vertical separation deep is a question mark. He's got good speed, but he's not gonna be a guy who's gonna run a four-four. That's not him. But that's okay. Right now, the question marks with him is we want to see more route running. We want to see a larger route tree. 
better understanding of route concepts, the ability to vary route tempo. He had an ACL tear in high school, hasn't been an issue since. But here's the thing that we're, here's the thing. He's never played outside. Right now, Traylon Burks is what A.J. Brown was at Ole Miss. He's a slot player who wins with physicality and toughness and is a game breaker after the catch because of it. But here's the thing that we don't know. I loved A.J. Brown. He was my number one wide receiver that year, and he has panned out tremendously. Projecting whether or not A.J. Brown could win on the outside was a little bit of an unknown because that was D.K. Metcalf's domain at Ole Miss. Traylon Burks is being, has been dominant inside the slot. That's where Arkansas uses him. Can he make that transition to the outside? It's unknown. It's an unknown right now. So I like him. I compare him a lot to the old Miss A.J. Brown. He's not going to be a great separator, but I don't think he needs to be. He's not going to be a great separator with speed and quickness, but he's going to be a great separator with his physicality, toughness, the ability to bounce off people, to absorb their contact, and not let it get him thrown off his route. And that's what I really love about his game and why I'm so intrigued. Okay, so to me, I think he can be the big slot, but I think he's got the skill set to translate to be an X or Z outside receiver. But we'll see. That's the intrigue about Traylon Burks. He's a little bit of an unknown because he hasn't been asked to do that yet, but I think he has it in his arsenal, just like A.J. Brown had it in his arsenal. Next up is John Mechie out of Alabama. Alabama just continues to churn out guys. We sort of the writing on the wall with Mechie making some plays two years ago. Then last year, 55 catches, almost over 900 yards and six touchdowns. The junior out of Alabama, 5'11", 196. He's a little undersized. Very good athleticism, speed, acceleration, and burst. With very good to great explosiveness, suddenness. Route running ability, stop-start ability, and separation quickness. He does a good job varying his tempo of his routes. Shows good agility, change of direction, cutting ability, and yards after the catch to make to be a playmaker. Good body control and ball skills with the ability to adjust. Similar to Garrett Wilson. Similar to Chris Olave. It's not going to win you with play strength and physicality at the, at the catch point. It's not going to be a guy who high points and comes down with a catch in traffic. Can he play on the outside and beat physical press coverage at the NFL? That's an unknown. But when you watch him, to me, he's a starting receiver on the inside. I think that's his best. Or on the outside. He reminds me of a slightly shorter Jerry Judy in terms of his... Judy might have had a little bit better separation quickness, but I think Mechie's going to take that next step. I think... A little bit of Jerry Judy is who John Mechie reminds me of. Maybe not at the level of Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy was one of my favorite collegiate prospects ever. But I can see some Judy to his game with how clean Mechie's route running and footwork are. His ability to win at all three levels of the field. Positional versatility. You can line him up wherever. I see a little bit of that in John Mechie's game. So that really intrigues me. So that's kind of my tier one. But let's go right into tier two because this is the thing about this draft class. There's another four names right here that I could have stretched this out and made this a tier of eight guys. Tier one, eight guys. My next tier is Justin Ross out of Clemson, George Pickens out of Georgia, Drake London out of USC, 
and David Bell out of Purdue. And that order and that ranking could surprise some people, having London at seven and then really David Bell at eight. But I'll get to them and talk to them in a second. Let's start with Justin Ross. Remember, Justin Ross didn't play last year. But last we saw of Justin Ross, I thought this guy was a future high-level, top-20 impact player that was going to come out of Clemson. The redshirt junior, 6'4", 209 pounds. Missed all of last year due to a neck injury. The prior year, just under 70 catches, almost 900 yards and eight touchdowns. He reminds me a lot of Allen Robinson. I used to say you reminded me a little bit of A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green had a little bit more speed to his game. A little bit more. I think he reminds me a little bit more of Allen Robinson. Great size. Good frame. Above average to good overall athleticism and long speed to win vertically. Similar to Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson can win vertically down the field. He doesn't have elite speed. He doesn't have great speed. He's got above average to good. But everything else allows him to win vertically and create separation. Justin Ross has got great length, catch radius, and the leaping ability to high point the football and win contested catches. He's got very good body control and ball skills, above average to good play strength and physicality to create space at the catch point during his routes, average to above average footwork, route running, and yards after the catch ability. To me, Justin Ross, if he's healthy, it's somewhere on the spectrum of T. Higgins, Allen Robinson, A.J. Green. That's kind of the spectrum of who he can be. We don't know the explosiveness and the athletic. We don't know if any of that has been lost due to the missed season, due to the neck injury. But I think he's somewhere on that range of, 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 of prospect. And if he's any of those guys, I think we're talking about a late one maybe even a mid one if he really checked out all the boxes health-wise. So this is a guy who can go mid one to somewhere on day two. But I don't think he's getting – I don't think he's falling much to that unless the medicals are a major issue and people have long-term concerns about that neck injury. Then obviously, who knows? The neck injury is a question. You would like to see him expand his route tree. He doesn't have that explosion off the line of scrimmage, and he doesn't create a lot of separation at the top of his routes. He creates separation with his body control, his play strength, his toughness, and his physicality. But he's got enough late separation. Late separation to get open just enough. Not in distance between him and the other person. Okay? So I think he's a starting receiver on the outside, either the X or the flanker position. Next up. And this is probably the biggest X factor. George Pickens. George Pickens is going to miss this year, unfortunately, with a torn ACL. But man, if he didn't miss this season, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he could have been wide receiver one next April. He caught 36 passes last year, 513 yards and six touchdowns. Take that out of it. 6-3-2-0-3. Very good size, above average frame. Good to very good speed, burst, movement skills, overall athleticism to win vertically. Great body control, ball skills, ability to adjust, high point the football. He's got the length and the catch radius. He can win contested catches by leaping, extending away from his body. 
Good to very good play strength and physicality to create late separation in his routes and at the catch point. I talked about AJ Green as the ceiling for Justin Ross. I think Pickens reminds me a lot of AJ Green when AJ Green was coming out. Body type, style of player, total package. But Pickens is an unknown right now. But I have Ross and Pickens ahead of London and Bell because I think if they're Injury issues checked out. What I've seen on the football field translates more at the next level. And I think they'd be a more sought after prospect at the next level. Obviously with Pickens, he's got to overcome the ACL injury, limited production. It's not like he has a major year with 60, 70, 80 catches, double digit touchdowns. He's got to expand his route tree. I don't think he's a guy who's going to do a ton after the catch. Doesn't have a lot of agility and elusiveness. He's more straight line, linear speed. But to me, he's a round one talent, but the injury, who knows? That's the X factor here. Next up is Drake London out of USC. Let's just start with who Drake London reminds me of. If you watch Drake London and you don't see some Mike Evans or Brandon Marshall, I'm not sure what you're watching. To me, he's a starting outside receiver who can kick inside to be a big slot. There's a lot about his game that that has reminiscence of Mike Evans and Brandon Marshall. He's another guy in that round one, round two border. And really, it might all come down to what he tests at. That's going to be the question mark. Is his speed average? Or is it below average? What is the separation quickness, et cetera, et cetera. But the junior at a USC, 6'5", 212. Last year, 500 yards receiving, three touchdowns. But again, weird year, COVID, less games played. He's got great size, good frame, good overall athleticism. But average long speed is what I think on film right now. His long speed is average. His explosiveness is average. His agility. He's got great body control, ball skills, the ability to high point the football. He's got great length, catch radius, able to win contested catches. The Brandon Marshall part of it is if you watch Drake London play, one of his best attributes is the ability to win after the catch. He's got very good to great yak ability and finishing ability to break tackles and pick up additional yards with his size, play strength, physicality, and toughness. That was a calling card of Brandon Marshall. So if he's on the outside, it's a little bit more Mike Evans-ish. If he's more on the inside, to me, he's a little bit more Brandon Marshall. He's got some, he's got a blend of those two guys, which is a high-level player. So I just talked about seven guys. I think all seven of those guys have a legitimate chance to be top 40, top 50 picks. Seven guys right now I think have a legitimate chance to be top 50. There are question marks, though, about London. I already talked about it. Speed is just average. His explosiveness average. There are going to be teams that are concerned about his inability maybe to create separation out of his routes. I want to see more separation quickness. I want to see a refined route runner. I want to see more route, a bigger route tree, an expanded route tree, more route deception. 
the ability to vary route tempo, his releases off the line of scrimmage. There are some concerns about that. And that's the one thing that I was a little bit hesitant about where I put Drake London. To me, Ross and Pickens show more in terms of their footwork, the ability to create separation, their route running. They all can win at the catch point. They all good overall athleticism. But those guys I had slightly above if they're fully healthy. But one through seven in my rankings, I think all have round one talent. Now, number eight for me is going to be a surprise to many, and that's David Bell. Because most people, a lot of people in the draft Twitter community, the Debbie Twitter community, have David Bell at the top of their rankings in terms of wide receivers, if not at the top, top three, top four. The junior out of Purdue, 6'2", 207. Last year, over 50 catches, over 600 yards, and eight touchdowns. Here's the thing I'm going to say about David Bell, and then I'll talk about him. I fear that the NFL is going to look at David Bell and they're going to see and and view him as a player that's comparable to Calvin Harmon. I loved Calvin Harmon when he was coming out of NC State. He was a top three or four wide receiver for me. And he plummeted to round six. The NFL did not see him as the draft Twitter and the Debbie Twitter community saw Calvin Harmon. Because they saw a guy who dominated the catch point, but they had concerns about his separation quickness, his route running, stuff like that. I think the Debbie and draft Twitter community right now is substantially higher on David Bell than the NFL might be. But I keep watching them. And I I like him enough. I think he's a day two pick. He's got a lot of Calvin Harmon traits at the catch point. But I also saw some Rashard Bateman in terms of his route running. And I think that's the one thing that could push him above where Calvin Harmon fell to, which was round six. I don't think David Bell's falling there. I think he's not. I don't think he's going to be the slam dunk wide receiver one or two that some people think. I think he's going to settle in as as a as a good day two pick. And that's going to be because he's got part Calvin Harmon in terms of at the catch point, but there is some Rashad Bateman type in terms of his route running. And that's going to improve his draft stock more than I think if it plummeted the other way. Like, so to me, he's a starting outside receiver, whether it's the Z or the X receiver, good size and frame, average to above average athleticism, long speed and burst. He's not a game breaker. You got to know who he is. Average to above average in terms of athleticism, long speed, and burst. But he's a good route runner with above average separation quickness. He's got very good to great ball skills, body control, play strength, physicality, ability to high point the ball and adjust to win contested catches. He's got good length and catch radius with very good hands. I think David Bell's being a little bit overvalued in the, in the Devi community. I'm going to be interested to see what the NFL thinks about him. Because I, I think they might view some of these other guys as higher end and more upside. And that's going to be interesting to kind of see where he falls. And every year this happens, right? Whether it was Calvin Harmon, this year it was Amon Ross St. Brown. There's always somebody at receiver 
who the, da- the draft and Debbie Twitter community likes a lot more than the NFL ends up liking. So that's my top eight. Next up. I would say the next one, two, three, the next five guys are my next tier. And I put them all bunched together. I think they're all comparable players. They each have some differences to their game, but in terms of stylistically, in terms of why an NFL team would want them, these are my playmakers. These are my offensive weapons, my vertical slots. Number nine for me is Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Number 10 for me is Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Number 11 is Inea uh, Smith out of Texas A&M. Number 12 is Wendell Robinson out of Kentucky. And number 13 is Reggie Roberson out of SMU. Let's start with Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. I thought it was a possibility last year he could come out. The senior out of Penn State, 5'11", 175 pounds. Last year, almost 900 yards and eight touchdowns. He's undersized, but very good to great athleticism, speed, burst, acceleration, and explosiveness with the ability to get vertical. Very good to great separation quickness, route running ability, agility, elusiveness, and yak ability to be a playmaker in space. Shows good suddenness in and out of his breaks. He's got body control with the ability to adjust. Versatile playmaker. He's an offensive weapon, can be used in the slot, outside, or on manufactured touches. His route tree is about average. His understanding of route concepts, average. Play strength, size, frame, obviously a concern. He's not going to win at the catch point. Physicality, can he get off press at the next level? Are all legitimate questions. But to me, he's a complementary to starting slot wide receiver at the next level. Who does he remind me of? Part Deontay Johnson. Part KJ Hamler. So going to be interesting to kind of see what the NFL thinks of Jahan Dotson. But again, don't compare him to Deontay Johnson dominating the NFL. Compare him to Deontay Johnson Toledo, who Matt and I here at Saturday Sunday were very high on. I think he reminds me a lot of Deontay Johnson coming out of Toledo and his explosiveness also uh, KJ Hamler. So that's kind of where I have Dotson. I think right now he's a day two type player with a lot of upside because people are looking for those game breakers, those playmakers. Next up is Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Zay Flowers, 5'10", 180 pounds. Okay, Last year, over 900 yards and six touchdowns. To me, he's a complimentary to starting slot wide receiver who can get vertical. Reminds me a little bit of a Tyler Lockett. Very good athleticism, movement skills, burst, speed, and explosiveness off the line of scrimmage with the ability to win vertically from inside the slot. Very good footwork, agility, elusiveness, change of direction skills, and yak ability to be a weapon in space. Very good separation quickness with above average route running. Good body control with the ability to adjust to the football. Zay Flowers is a guy who I think is going to be a guy that's drafted and immediately can be your starting slot wide receiver. If not by year one, he's going to be your fourth, and then he'll be by the time year one rounds out, he'll be in the top three. Very polished player. And what upside to improve. So there's a lot to like about Zay Flowers' game. 
like I said, a little bit Tyler Lockett. I need a Smith. True, true X factor. Not a lot of production. But there's a caveat to that. The junior at Texas A&M, 5'10", 190. Last year, he had 43 receptions, 564 yards and six touchdowns, but he also had almost 300 yards rushing with four touchdowns. So he had 10 total touchdowns. When you watch him play, it was obvious this year in the draft cycle that there was not a better player after the catch than Kadarius Toney. Nia Smith reminds me of Kadarius Tony with the ball in his hands after the catch or after a manufactured touch. I think how you want to use him at the next level is to be determined. I think he's a starting complementary to starting slot receiver. He could also be your pass catching running back. He can just also be an offensive weapon used in a variety of ways. But I think his movement skills and his yak ability after the catch is going to be maybe arguably the best in the class, just as it was for Kadarius Tony this past draft cycle. And that's whatever, I'm not going to get into my Kadarius Tony spiel. We haven't seen him yet. So I, I, there's nothing to even talk about there. But there's enough teams that like Kadarius Tony, And there's enough teams, PFF, enough places who really thought he was the best mover in space and the best yards after the catch player. I think people are going to think the same way about Aeneas Smith. Obviously, the size and frame are an issue. The not clear what position can turn off some teams. He's not going to be a guy who wins with contested catches or physicality or high point or beating press, right? When we had on Matt Harmon, he talked about how bad Kadarius Tony was at beating press. That's not, Smith is not a polished player. He's got to refine route running. He's got to expand his route tree. But get him the ball in space. And watch out. He's an electric playmaker with suddenness, with explosiveness. I like Aeneas Smith. I think his arrow is pointing up, 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 up. And this is why I'm talking about. There are going to be teams that prefer some guys like Dotson, Flowers, Aeneas Smith, or maybe even one or two guys I still have left in this tier over guys like David Bell. I think it's going to happen based on what you're looking for. Next up. Wendell Robinson was at Nebraska. Now he's going to Kentucky. Junior, 5'10", 185 pounds. Last year, 50 catches, 461 yards. Also had 240 yards rushing. Says he wants to be a slot wide receiver. Wants to focus at that. Undersized, like like a bunch of these guys we've been talking about, but very good to great overall athleticism, speed, burst, and acceleration. Very good to great movement skills, suddenness, change of direction, agility, elusiveness, yak ability. Can make people miss. The ability to stop, go. The cutting ability. He's got very good separation quickness. Similar to the guys I'm saying, he's an offensive weapon. Can be used all over the football field. Size, frame, physicality, toughness, contested catches. Those are all things that are concerns. I, I will say about him, I think his route running and route tree definitely need a lot of refinement. He's very raw. Similar to Aeneas Smith. But to me, he's a complimentary starting slot receiver. 
He played part running back in Nebraska. He could be your pass catching running back or could be an offensive weapon. Aeneas Smith, Wendell Robinson, they're next to each other in my rankings because they're very comparable in terms of how an NFL team, I think, could view them. They are not polished receivers. They're offensive weapons. They're offensive playmakers. Next up, Reggie Roberson, the senior out of SMU, 5'11", 197 pounds. Last year, prior to his injury, 22 catches, 474 yards, and five touchdowns. Slightly undersized, very good to great athleticism, speed, and movement skills. Shows good burst and acceleration, good to very good footwork, separation, quickness, and releases off the line of scrimmage. Very good to great yak ability, agility, and elusiveness in the open field as a dynamic playmaker. The difference between Roberson and some of the other guys I've talked about is he shows the ability to release off the line of scrimmage. He shows explosion off the line of scrimmage. He shows more advancement in terms of his route running than some of these other guys. Now, obviously, he's a little bit older than these guys. That's a little bit of a concern. The injury is a little bit of a concern. He's got a little bit of a limited route tree. Not going to win watch with play strength, physicality, toughness at the contested catch points. The level of competition is a little concerning in terms of what he was able to do, not up against high-level guys. But Roberson, if the injury checks out, I think he's another guy, complimentary slot. But I think he's got a little bit more of the ability to play on the outside, more than the four guys I talked about prior. So to me, he's a slot, vertical slot receiver, but I think he could also play on the outside. I think he has just enough size and frame to his game that he can play on the outside. But he's a playmaker. Get him the ball in space. So that is my top 13 receivers. Top 13 receivers. Keep this going. Next tier for me is a pretty wide tier. And that goes. 14. Romeo Dobbs at at Nevada. 15, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. 16, Deontay Demas Jr. out of Maryland. 17, Joe Nagata out of Clemson. 18, Brew McCoy out of USC. That makes up my next tier. I didn't. I went in not knowing a lot about Romeo Dobbs, Jalen Tolbert, Dante Demas Jr., those guys really impressed me. I was impressed with each and every one of their their films. And then Nagata and McCoy, those are the wild cards. Those are the guys that can catapult into the top 10 of this draft class if they live up to their upside and potential and the glimpses that we've seen from those two guys. So let's talk a little bit about these guys. Let's start with Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada. Senior, 6'1", 201 pounds. Last year, Dobbs had 55, 58 catches over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. He's got some route refinement to do. He's got to ex- expand his route tree a little bit, some inconsistency in terms of his hands. But what does he bring to the table? He's a complimentary outside receiver, that I think could develop into a top three or four on a depth chart. He reminds me of Gabriel Davis. And we've seen Gabriel Davis already make some plays. He came out of UCF. 
Buffalo now. I think a lot of people like his game. I think Dobbs reminds me a lot of what Gabriel Davis was when he came out of UCF. He's got above average size and frame. Good to very good athleticism, long speed burst and acceleration to win and separate vertically consistently. Good to very good body control and ball skills with the ability to high point and adjust to the football. Good footwork seen when his releases off the line of scrimmage and yak ability. He's got good length and catch radius with average to above average play strength and physicality to win contested catches. I think he's an outside X or Z receiver that is best in a vertical based passing offense. I think he's a late day two, day three, early day three type pick. But Dobbs is an interesting player with really, really good production. I'm intrigued by him. Next up, Jalen Tobert out of South Alabama. Obviously small school, another guy. But Tobert brings a lot to the table that I think could translate. Even coming from South Alabama. So, last year, 64 catches, 1,085 yards, eight touchdowns from the senior out of South Alabama. He's 6'2", 194 pounds. Obviously, the level of competition is a concern. Didn't seem have to beat a lot of press off the line of scrimmage. He's got to improve his play strength and his physicality. But he's a complimentary outside receiver. I think he's an X. I think he's got the ability to win vertically. So I think he's an X. I think he's got good size, average frame, good overall athleticism, speed, and acceleration to win vertically down the field and pick up yards after the catch. Very good length, catch radius, and body control with the ability to adjust, extend, and high point the football, catch it away from his body. Average in terms of yak ability, elusiveness, route running, contested catches. But the ability for Tobert to win vertically down the field with his athleticism, I think it's, is what's going to intrigue teams. And a little bit more in terms of his frame, play strength, I think that would benefit him as well. But I think he's right now on that late day two, early day three border. There's a lot to like about Tolbert's game. Next up, Dante Demas Jr. out of Maryland. He's another guy. Not getting the attention that he deserves, but he should be getting a lot more. Plays on a really bad offense. Last year, the senior out of Maryland, only 24 catches, 365 yards, and four touchdowns. But he's 6'3", 213. It is definitely inconsistent production. I personally think it's a lot to do with the offense and the quarterback play. He's got to expand his route tree. But he's got very good size and frame. He's got good athleticism, speed, and footwork with fluid movement skills to create separation vertically and in his routes. He's got good to very good body control, ball skills with the catch radius to high point and adjust to the football to win contested catches. He's got good play strength and physicality in his routes at the catch point and after the catch. I think if they get better quarterback play, more competent quarterback play, we're going to see his stock really rise. I think he's a complimentary outside receiver, but he's got the upside to be a top three, top four in a depth chart. I think he can play the Z or the X position on the outside. Vertical based passing offense, I think caters to him. I think right now he's an early date for retype prospect. He's got upside. At 17 18, I talked about the two wild cards Joe Nagata out of Clemson, Brew McCoy out of USC. Let's start with Nagata out of Clemson. Very, very minimal production from Nagata. Seven catches last year due to injury, 17 the year before. 
but the junior out of Clemson, 6'3", 220. Very good size and frame. Good athleticism, speed, acceleration. Shows the ability to win vertically. Got good to very good play strength, physicality, and toughness. He shows it at the catch point. Got very good ball skills with the body control, length, and catch radius to adjust and high point the football. The minimal production is a major concern. He was injured last year. There's some separation quickness concerns, some route running, route tree, route concepts, varying route tempo. They all exist. He just doesn't have enough on film yet to check off a lot of boxes. But there's it's there. There's a lot of raw upside there. So to me, I think he's a complimentary outside receiver with the natural tools to develop into a starter. Whether it's at the Z or X position on the outside, vertical base passing offense. Right now, I think his NFL draft projection is day three with the upside to go on day two. Brew McCoy. The junior out of USC, 6'3, 220. Last year, 21 catches, 236 yards, and two touchdowns. Again, Take the numbers, they, they are really irrelevant last year, especially based on some of the teams that played minimal games. Zealand with an off-the-field incident right now. Doesn't seem like there's going to be charges, but we will continue to follow that and monitor that closely, and we'll see if the what the NFL thinks of that. Minimal production, similar to what we just talked about in Nagata. He's got to refine his route running, expand his route tree, show that he can beat press. But he's got very good size and frame. He's got above average to good overall athleticism, movement skills, and the speed and burst to get vertically. He's got very good play strength and physicality to create space at the catch point. Very good body control and ball skills. Shows the ability to go up and get it. Above average route running, separation quickness, and yak ability for a man his size. I think he's a complimentary outside receiver. He's got the upside to be a top three, top four on a depth chart in the future, Z or X on the outside. To me, right now, draft projection, day three, with upside to be a day two pick. That's my top 18. To me, there's a little bit of a drop after that. My next tier consists of Theo Wees out of Oklahoma, Kirish Jackson out of Georgia, Dominic Blaylock out of Georgia, Frank Lazden Jr. out of Clemson, Charleston Rambo out of Miami, Jadon Hasselwood out of Oklahoma. That would be my next tier. If we talk about some of those guys a little bit quicker, a little bit more rapid fire. If we talk about Weiss, Theo Weiss, obviously playing with Spencer Rattler this year, he's going to have an opportunity to put up a big year. The junior out of Oklahoma, 6'3", 192 pounds. Last year, he had 530 yards and four touchdowns. To me, he's a complimentary wide receiver, but he's got the upside to be top four in a depth chart. I think he's an outside Z or an inside in the slot receiver. He's got to add to that frame. He's got to expand the route tree, show he can handle press, and, and clean up the releases off the line of scrimmage. But things that he does well. Good size. Talked about him needing to add to the frame, but he's got above average to good overall athleticism, movement skills, and separation quickness. He's only got average long speed, I think. Good yak ability and agility in the open field. Good to very good body control, ball skills, 
catch radius and length, the high point of football, and adjusted passes outside of his frame. If you watch Wee's play, you see him constantly being able to adjust to the to balls outside of his frame. I think his body control and his ball skills and the ability to adjust are probably his best attributes that he possesses. So it'll be interesting. I think he's a date for repick, complimentary type receiver, but he's a guy who's probably going to put up a really strong statistical year this year with Oklahoma. Next up, Kyrus Jackson out of Georgia. Now, Georgia's going to have to make up for the loss of their number one wide receiver, right? Right. Talked about George Pickens. Kyrus Jackson is going to be one of the two guys that is asked to step up and pick up some of that production. How much can he do? How much of that production can he pick up is to be determined. But the junior out of Georgia, six feet, 200 pounds. Last year, he had 514 yards of three touchdowns. Limited production. Hands are an issue a little bit. He's got to show more expansive route tree. He's got average size and frame, but he's got good to very good athleticism, speed, movement skills, acceleration, and burst. You see it on his vertical routes. You see it in the return game, and you see it after the catch with his yak ability. He's got very good footwork agility to make people miss in the open field. You see good separation quickness with above average route running, good body control, and the ball skills with the ability to adjust. I think he's a complimentary slot receiver or outside receiver, and he can be a kick and punt returner at the next level. He's got the ability this year if he has a monster statistical season, if JT Daniels takes the next step. And if Kyrus Jackson becomes Georgia's number one wide receiver, I think the sky it can go a lot higher than the current is right now. I don't think people, I think people are, are sleeping a little bit on Kyrus Jackson. Who else are sleeping on his teammate? And that's Dominic Blaylock out of Georgia. He's my number 21 wide receiver. Blaylock is really interesting because last year he missed a season due to a torn ACL. But in limited opportunity in 2019, he caught 18 passes for 310 yards and five touchdowns. The redshirt sophomore, 6'1", 205. Obviously, limited production, coming off an ACL injury. He's got a lot of route refinement to do. He's got a lot of expansion in terms of his route tree and understanding the route concepts. We haven't seen him much in terms of winning contested catches. How can he handle press? How can he you know, clean up the releases off the line of scrimmage? But what we did see from him, very good athleticism, speed, movement skills, acceleration, and burst seen after the catch in his routes, or as a returner, good suddenness, agility, and footwork with great yak ability, good body control with the ability to adjust to the passes outside of his frame, good separation quickness with the potential to become a good route runner with refinement and more reps. I think Blaylock is going to get an opportunity to emerge this year and, and see if he can build off of what limited success he had in 2019. And I think last year was going to get an opportunity for him to really take the next step. And then he missed the season due to a torn ACL. But I think he's a complimentary slot or outside receiver that can be used as an offensive weapon on bubble screens, jet sweeps, end arounds, and can be a return guy. I like getting the ball in Blaylock's hands. Vertical slot or outside is a Z receiver who goes in motion a lot. That's the best areas for Blaylock. At 22, Frank Lazen Jr., the other wide receiver out of Clemson. 
a guy that once upon a time was very highly thought of. I think many people, and I still think there's some untapped upside here, and we'll see. But he's 6'3", 205. Last year, 18 catches, 281 yards, and three touchdowns. To me, he's an outside, pure outside receiver. Depth complementary, but he does have the natural tools, I think, to, with the upside to become a top four in a depth chart. He's got good size, average frame, good to very good athleticism, speed bursts, and acceleration. He shows the ability to create vertical separation, good to very good length and catch radius. He's got ball skills, body control. He can adjust and extend the passes outside of his frame. But there's limited production. He's got route refinement to do. He's got to expand his route tree. He's got to show he can handle physicality during routes and at the catch point. And can he get off press? Those are legitimate questions that we do not have answers to all of them right now with the limited production he has. I think he's a date for repick. Charleston Rambo. Now of Miami. Charleston Rambo was the guy I talked about last year. Formerly of Oklahoma. Now headed to Miami. The redshirt senior. 6'1", 182 pounds. He's adept to complementary outsider slot receiver with vertical ability. He's got average size. He's got to add to that frame of 182. Good overall athleticism, long speed acceleration, and burst. Shows the ability on his vertical routes. He can get off the line of scrimmage. He's got good linear yak ability. He's not going to be a guy who's going to sharp cuts, change the direction, stuff like that. But if you get him the ball on a bubble screen and get him going linear, I think he can make plays after the catch. Good body control and ball skills. Shows the ability to adjust. Above average to good length catch radius and hands catchable away from his body. Concerns, the frame, the play strength, physicality. Can he handle press? Contact balance. Those are all questions because of his frame at 182 pounds. I think he's a day for guy. Next up, Jadon Hasselwood out of Oklahoma. Right, we already talked about the OEs out of Oklahoma. Hasselwood is another guy. Very highly recruited prospect a couple years ago. We just have not seen much from him. But the junior out of Oklahoma... 6'2", 200 pounds. Last year, he only played in three games. Four catches. The year before, 19 catches. Not a lot to go off of. Injuries have been a concern. Limited production has been a concern. The route running has been a concern. The route tree, getting off the line of scrimmage, and handling press. But he's got above average size and frame, above average athleticism, movement skills, and speed. Yak ability. Where he shines, where he wins, is very good body control, catch radius, and ball skills with the ability to adjust and high point the football. He's got good play strength and physicality at the catch point to win contested catches. Hassel was what is the guy I want to like more. And maybe a year with Rattler, if he can be a big time player, he has an opportunity to kind of get back some of that luster that he had a couple years ago as, as thought of as a big time recruit to go there, but we just haven't seen it yet. To me, he's a depth to complimentary guy. And then my last two guys are two names that I talked about last year, still in college. That's J.D. Spielman at TCU and Jeremiah Holloman of FIU, formerly of Georgia. Been bouncing around a lot. Let's talk about Spielman. 
Spielman is a guy, again, started at Nebraska last year went to TCU, but only had five catches. It's 5'9", 173 pounds, redshirt senior. It's obviously ages a little bit there. The size is an issue. The frame is an issue. The length, the catch radius. But he's got good to very good athleticism and long speed. Very good to great change of direction skills, agility, and the looseness in the open field. He's above average to good route runner with very good separation quickness and quick feet to get in and out of his breaks quickly. Can be used as a receiver, returner, and as a runner on jet sweeps and end the rounds. So not at the level of those other guys I talked about earlier, the Zay Flowers, the Ina Smith, and that group of guys, those four or five guys I talked about before. But there is a there is a scenario where Spielman, a couple of years ago, might have been regarded as similar to those guys. But he's, he's really small at 5'9", only 173 pounds. So there's, there's a lot of things working against him. Limited production last year. So I think he's much more of a late day free or UDFA type guy, but he was a guy that once upon a time was thought of. I mean, 2019, he almost he caught 50 passes for 900 yards and five touchdowns. So this is a guy who's put up some production at the collegiate level. And last up, Jeremiah Holloman. And it's it, it pains me to have him where I have him because I thought this guy was on the trajectory to be a first-round pick. Truly did. In 2018 for Georgia, he had 24 catches, 418 yards, and five touchdowns, and I thought he was about to be a superstar. In 2019, he transferred from Georgia and not eligible to play. Then last year, he was at FIU, played three games, had eight catches only. And now, this year, he's transferred to Liberty. So now this year, he's transferred to Liberty. So now he's in his third collegiate program. But at Liberty this year, he's going to get a chance to pair with Malik Willis. Can he turn around his career and get back to the guy that I thought was going to be a potential star? Good size and frame. Very good leaping ability to high point the ball well and win contested catches. Very good body control, length, and catch radius with the ability to extend and adjust to, to footballs. Good to very good long speed, athleticism, burst, and acceleration to be a vertical right on the outside. To me, this was the guy who I thought could have been a starting outside X wide receiver in a vertical base passing offense. Now, I don't know. I honestly don't know where his, his the limited production, three programs, you know, in a stretch of four years, you know, Limited route tree, his technique, his route running. There's a lot of question marks. But there is some natural God-given talent in this kid. And I'm hoping he puts it together this year because if he ever did, he could skyrocket up this board. I'm talking he can go from a guy who's right now is a late day for a UDFA type to a guy who could be a you know a top 100 pick in terms of natural talent. So I'm rooting for him. I hope whatever... It, you know, whatever has caused his, you know, his downward spiral a little bit in terms of three different programs in a four-year stretch. I, I hope he can get past that. And I hope when Malik Willis is quarterback, he gets an opportunity this year. Because I do think if if so, if if he was a clean prospect and he stayed at Georgia, I think we're talking about a guy who would have been a top 50 pick. I truly believe that. So we'll see. We'll see. He's, he's not a lot's gone right for him since 2018. 
can he years later make a name for himself again? I think it's a to be determined. So there it is, guys. 26 wide receiver profiles. I am sure throughout the season in the pre-draft months, this is usually the position I end up adding the most. I'm sure that 26 number will turn into 34 or 35 because usually there's wide receivers that kind of come out of nowhere. But we'll see. 26 in the books can all be found in the new 2022 Scotty Notebook set to launch next week. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this four-part series here. It is my favorite, arguably, four shows of the year. Because this, there's nothing else that we do at Saturday Sunday that is more time-consuming but enjoyable as watching film on 85 Prospects. Over the last 30 to 40 days, if I wasn't spending time with my wife and kids, I was watching Prospects and writing scouting reports to share with you guys and to write for the Premium Notebooks. So I enjoy sharing my thoughts. And these are just initial thoughts. I think that's where people got to be careful. Nobody's asked to write draft reports for players a year before they even come out. These were initial thoughts. So much of my feelings can change during the season. More after the season, the pre-draft months, the all-star circuit, the combine. These are initial thoughts. That's why we created the scouting notebook the way we did. As a fluid changing document because that's what the pro- that's what evaluation is evaluation of prospects you have to be able to adapt and modify adjust on the fly and that's what we do here at Saturday Sunday so I hope you're enjoying that again later this week the new set of notebooks come out it is the best way to support us if you've been a long time listener guys we really urge you to maybe check out the notebooks it is the best way to help us continue to do what we're doing here at Saturday Sunday. Everything that we make goes right back into Saturday Sunday. Server fees, uh, subscription fees, website fees, hosting fees, anything that we need. We mostly just get it from the sales of the notebooks. So please, if you're a longtime listener, check it out. The sooner the better. I know a lot of times people wait to after the season, in the draft months. But really, take advantage of of getting access to all these scouting reports, all these rankings now, and have them throughout the college football season. They're a great reference on Saturdays for sure. So get over to the website, SS Football is the quickest way to there. Check out what we offer in terms of the notebooks. Check out the YouTube channel. Matt's put up a lot of stuff over there over the last couple months. Reach out to us on Twitter. We love answering questions. And anything else like that, if you have any questions about anything, do not hesitate to reach out. So, on behalf of Matt, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining me. And I look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.